We're starting a new series today that I'm really excited about. This series, we're calling it Real Talk, and we're looking through uh, the book of Psalms and all the different types of prayers and songs and poetry and all this different like communication with God. So I'm going to start by, by saying a few prayers that I think maybe some of you uh, can connect with, and some of you will be like, Never heard that before? And then some of you be like, oh, that's what that is. But the first one is, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. How many of you guys know what that one is? None? Come on, like half of you come from Catholic backgrounds. You're like, I know that one. It's tattooed on my brain, Right? Okay, that's like the Hail Marys, right? When they're like, go say Hail Marys and sin no more, son. Right, you know when they say that in the movies? I guess they say that in church too, but I guess I've only seen it in the movies. That's the Hail Mary that that, that you pray. It's crazy. Or um, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? What's next? They are daily bread. And... You guys are on fire. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right? Okay. All right. How about this one? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my... This one can go a lot of different ways. Right? Let me... uh, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Right? That's one. My kids came home uh, from preschool with this one. Well, we start all of our prayers with open, shut them, open, shut them, give a little clap. Do you guys do this? Open, shut them, open, shut them, fold them in your lap. I'm the only one that's making my kids crazy. Okay. So we start our prayer with that, right? And then we go, thank you. Okay. So Titus comes home from this one and Titus uh, bashed his front two teeth out on his brother's head when he was like four years old. So he's had no front two teeth for the past like three years. So he's got this cute little like thing going on. And so he comes home. He's like, dad, dad, I learned a new prayer. And so we sit down before food and we say, thank you God for the world. So sweet. Thank you God for the food we eat. Thank you God for the birds that sing. Thank you God for everything. Amen, right? It's so cute. This is where you go, ah. Yeah, imagine my little crazy five-year-old Titus with no teeth saying that. It's just the sweetest thing in the world. So these are great prayers, right? And some of you grew up with your own set of prayers and your own set of ideas about what prayer is and how prayer works. You know, you have your ritual that you say before meals. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think. I had one on deck that my dad used to say. He was like, Lord, bless us and bind us. Or no, my grandpa used to say this. He would say, Lord, bless us and bind us, pin our shirt tails behind us and stick us in a hole where the devil can't find us. My, my papa would say that one. He's from Alabama, if that gives you any point of reference or context uh, to that one. But many of us have these prayers, right? These ideas of, oh yeah, that's talking to God. And my children who are seven, five, three, four, two, I don't know, there's a bunch of them. They're somewhere in there. To my children, talking to God is, thank you, God, for the world so sweet. Thank you, God, for the food we eat. Thank you, God, for the birds that sing. Thank you, God, for everything. And that's about the extent of their conversation with God, right? At night, we pray, and, uh, you know, we pray for their future wives, because that's important. I don't want no hussy coming in and trying to get my my sons, right? So we start praying for that at a young age, right? We We go hard in my house, right? Same thing with my daughter. I pray for the dude. I don't want no deadbeat coming in trying to sweep her off her feet, right? Right? Let's be real, okay? This series is called Real Talk. 
You're going to get a lot of that. No, but you know, prayer for them is a little different than prayer for us or prayer for you or prayer for me, right? And many of us have these prayers that we grew up with and they're great prayers, but the reality is in these ones that we talked about, that's not a conversation, right? That's just reciting some words. That's like giving a statement. Like if I talk to my wife in these terms, hi, honey, I'm home, I want dinner. And that's all I said all day because it was my rehearsed thing, right? Or um, good morning, honey, go get the kids ready. I'm going to work, amen. Right? It'd be like, yeah, right. Right? That, that would be over quick, you know? And, but many of us, we approach prayer this way. We think that if we recite these things, oh, go do nine Hail Marys, and therefore you're good with God, and you're having conversation, and all of a sudden, there's this relationship that's taking place. Guys, you're missing so much of the picture. It would be like me reciting things to, the same thing to my wife every single day. I would be missing so much relationship. I would be missing so much depth. I would be missing so much conversation that, that could potentially take place. And so this morning, we're launching a new series that we're calling Real Talk. And we're looking at a study through the Psalms, but basically the Psalms are a collection of various communications with God. The psalmists, the people, the, the writing, the collection of writings, these people are writing uh, communication to God. They're singing prayers and songs and poetry to God. And so we're going to spend the next four weeks talking through this stuff. And so today is going to be an interesting one. It's kind of an interesting way to launch a series. But we're talking about lament and sorrow and how to speak to God through our pain and in our pain. And then next week, we're going to look at uh, joyfulness and, and, and happy talk, right? Because it's cool to be thankful and to be joyful and, and to talk like that with God. And then in week three, we're going to talk about anger and frustration. Because I don't know if you've ever heard this in church before, but it's okay to be pissed off at God. Like, that's okay. That's part of the process. That's part of a relationship. That's part of conversation. Some of you are like, uh, I need to find the bathroom and leave right now. Watch out for lightning bolts on my way out, right? But that's the reality. And so in week three, we're going to talk about that. And then week four, we're going to wrap up uh, the discussions talking about thanksgiving and praise and how that's part of our conversation with God as well. Because we say we want to cultivate these relationships, but if we come with our side of the relationship, just these planned out, memorized verses that we're reciting at God, there's not much communication taking place. And so this series we're calling Real Talk because we want you to have real talk with God. And God wants to have real talk with you. And so let's pray together, and then, uh, and then we'll jump into this idea of laments and sorrow and all that. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the time of worship that we get to spend just singing in celebration of who you are and what you've done for us. God, I pray this morning that as we open your word, I pray that we would soften our hearts and that we would open our minds. I pray that we'd be receptive to what you have for us today. I pray that your word would speak truth to us. I pray that this morning it would, it would be like seeds planted in soil, in the soil of our hearts. And I pray that, that, that it would grow, and it would cultivate, and it would grow, and it would become fruit in our lives. God, we check our baggage at the door. We lay it at the foot of the cross, and we open ourselves up to what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives today. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. So if you've never heard of this um, concept or idea or terminology of lament, a lament is, is, is simply a passionate expression of grief or mourning. A passionate expression of grief or mourning. Basically, you're broken, like to the core. 
And so a lament is sort of a response to that. And typically in, in the Bible and typically in life, a lament is, is typically through music or poetry or song, right? In the early 2000s, there was a huge movement of laments. It was known as emo music, right? Any of you guys heard of this, right? Hawthorne Heights, cut my wrist and black my eyes, cut my wrist and black my eyes. No, you don't know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. We got some people from the early 2000s that were rocking out. Um, you know, it would be like a modern day emo music is a lot of what's going on in the Psalms, right? It's a lot of this like emotional uh, lamenting brokenness coming before God going, dude, this sucks so bad. This hurts so hard, right? And so you have a lot of this going on, but when it's verbally, verbally communicated, so in music, it's, ty- it's typically put to music and poetry and writing and all that. But when it's verbally communicated, it's typically accompanied by wailing or moaning or crying, right? This is, this is just like that, that ugly cry, you know, when there's like snot and tears and saliva all mixed in one all over your face. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you experienced it this week. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Typically, that's the sort of verbal communication for a lament. It's just this coming from such a deep place of hurt and angst and pain. And there's actually a book in the Bible called Lamentations, which is, if you notice the beginning of that is lament. Lamentations is an entire book of the Bible where these people are crying out to God because um, the backdrop for it is that the destruction of Jerusalem by Babylon in 586 BCE. And so that's sort of a backdrop for the sorrow that they have, and they're just pouring out their hearts to God. They're like, God, what is going on? Dude, why did this happen? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? How is this all going to come together? And they're just lamenting and lamenting and lamenting. And so if you're feeling super positive, I would encourage you to read Lamentations. If you're having a hard time, I'd probably skip that one for just a little bit, okay? Because it's, it's kind of a Debbie Downer. But it's an, it's an expression to God, and it's important for our faith journey. And so in the Psalms, there's many, many different forms of communications. There's prayers, there's songs, there's poetry, there's, there's love literature where, where they're just describing their love relationship with God, but then there's also laments. There's also these portions of scripture where people are coming to God and they're saying, it's not fair, dude. Like, this is not right. You're putting me through the ringer. I don't understand it. I don't accept it. I want out of this. I need you to help me. This is not cool. And for some of us, we're like, man, I didn't know you could talk to God like that. Well, Psalm 44 is a really cool example of this sort of lament type of writing and this lamenting to God. And so today we're going to be in the chapter 44 of the book of Psalms. And so the first eight verses of this, um, they're actually, they, they come to God and they're thanking God for him helping out their previous generations, right? They're like, God, you showed up huge for our fathers and their fathers. You did all these great things. You're a mighty God. You took care of them. Man, that's so cool. And then in verse nine, there's a turning point. Verses 9 through 16, they're, they're, they're sort of complaining to God about their present calamity. They're like, man, you were super cool to our dad and his dad, but dude, you're not being super cool to us. Like, life is tough right now. Things are not going well. And then in verse 17 through 22, they even kind of take a couple jabs at God, right? They're like, my life is tough. This is horrible. This is terrible, whatever. But then they say, and I don't even think I deserve it. I think I did everything right. And you would know if I messed up, and I didn't mess up. But yet this stuff is happening to me anyway, and it's not right, it's not fair. And then in verse 20 through, through 26, they ask God for help. They're like, dude, God, come on, man. You gotta help us out. Give us some grace, give us some mercy. Get us out of this thing. And I think this is a really cool template for us to kind of have real talk with God, 
for us to have sort of a communication with God. So I'm going to read um, Psalm 44, verses 9 through 26. And so if you want to follow along, it'll be on the screen. If you have your Bible, your Bible app, or whatever you have, um, you know, you can follow along too. But it says this. Remember, they're starting out in verse 9, talking about their present calamity. He says, but now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy, and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors and the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. Right? They're saying, dude, God, you have like totally abandoned us. You've let us, left us out to dry. What the heck is going on? In verse, uh, second half of 14, it says, the people shake their heads at us. The dis- my disgrace is before me all day long, and my face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. And so verses 9 through 16, they go through and say, they paint a picture. Dude, basically what they're saying is, life sucks right now. Things are falling apart. Everybody's laughing at me. I'm the laughing stock of everybody. All of our armies are, everything I put my hand to is failing. You've abandoned us. We're out here alone. What the heck's going on? And then in verse 17, we pick up and he says, all this happened to us, though we had not forgotten you or been false to your covenant. Life is falling apart and I didn't do anything to deserve it, right? We've been true to your covenant. In verse 18, our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. Verse 19, but you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals and covered us with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would God not have discovered it since he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. So they go through and they're like, dude, you would know if if we did anything to deserve this and you know straight up, we don't deserve this. Life is tough, it's falling apart, and we don't deserve, we didn't do anything wrong to deserve this. And then in verse 22, he comes back, he says, yet for the sake, oh no, 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 verse, yeah, verse 23, awake, O Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust, our bodies cling to the ground, rise up and help us, redeem us because of your unfailing love. So basically, the writer of this is petitioning God, is praying to God, is talking to God, is communicating with God and says, life is absolutely terrible. Life is so hard right now, so hard. But we've been faithful. There's not like a cause and effect here. Life is not hard and you haven't withdrawn from me because I've done something necessarily wrong to deserve this. You know, we've been faithful and life still sucks. And then they come to him and they say, listen, please show us grace. Show us mercy. Help us from your unfailing love. And so it's like the psalmist is coming to God. He's saying, real talk, man. Listen, life is tough. It's not fair. It's, the, 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 this is, it's borderline unbearable. And real talk, listen, I don't think I did anything for you to do this to me, man. I don't think that I deserve for this calamity. I don't think I deserve for these hard times. I don't think I deserve for this persecution. I don't think I deserve to be dealt this hand at this moment. Real talk, will you get down here in the pit and help me out? Will you get off your throne, awake, 
yourself. He says, arouse yourself and get down here and help me. Will you get down in the dirt with me and get me the heck out of here? The psalmist is having real talk, real conversation with God. Did you know that you could pray this way? Did you know that you're allowed to come to God in this fashion? Did you know that you're allowed to bear your heart and your soul before God like this? That you're allowed to come to God and, and, and you can come to him broken. You can come to him bruised. You can come to him shaken. You can come to him rocked. You can come to him distraught and defeated and destroyed and hurting and barely making it. And did you know that you can come and you can be real with God? That you can come to him and say, dude, this is too much. This is too much. Life, I, I just, I just can't. I need you to help me. And you know, to be honest, I'm a little upset with you because I don't think I did anything for this to happen. I don't think that, that I necessarily deserve what's happening right this second. Did you know it's okay to come to God and have that kind of conversation? That every time you talk to him, it doesn't have to be, oh, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Did you know that you're allowed to actually have real talk with him? That you're allowed to come to him and say, dude, what the heck? I mean, I'm not advocating this, but I heard, <laughs> this is terrible. Should I say this? Yeah, I should. <laughs> I had a self-check, and then I, override, I, I, like over, I hit the override button on that self-check. I was at, uh, in midweek this past week, and so if you haven't been to midweek, you need to come. We have tables set up in here. We have discussion groups and conversations, and I overheard. <laughs> I overheard in conversation at one of the tables. So I was like, yeah, he swears in prayer all the time. And I was like, that's real talk, right? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not advocating that, but... You get, the, you get the, see, I shouldn't have said that, should I? It's one of those things I'm going to look back on later and be like, mm, man, mm, that was a poor choice. But listen, listen, you can be real with God. You can have real conversations with God. You can lament to God. You can come to him in your brokenness. You can come to him in the midst of all the junk. You don't got to get it figured out first before you come and say your Hail Marys. You don't have to get it figured out first before you recite the Lord's Prayer. You can come to him right in the middle of the brokenness and you can be honest because he knows your heart. He knows what's going on in your head. If you're saying swear words in your head, that's no difference than saying them out of your mouth. You know, real talk. And we can come and have real talk before God. It doesn't have to be the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No, I'm wanting right now. Right? This sucks. No, no, shepherd nothing. Shut your mouth. I'm having a hard time. We need to talk for real. Right? I mean, do you have these in your marriages? If you don't, you probably need to. But every once in a while, you got these things going on, right? Some of us more than others. You need counseling. Um, I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? We have these real talk sessions, these come to Jesus meetings, right? It's okay to have that in your relationship with God as well. It doesn't have to be Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Sometimes it's okay to say, man, this is the worst, and I hate this, and I'm tired, and I'm almost done, dude. I don't know how much further I can go. I don't know how much more of this I can take. I don't know how many more steps I can take in faith. I need you right now. I need you in a real way right now. Sometimes it's okay to say, God, why is this happening? I don't feel like this is just. I don't feel, I mean, obviously I trust your sovereignty and whatever, but dude, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense and we're allowed to come to God and say that. You know, I'm reading this book right now um, it's called Eyes of a Lion by this pastor named Levi Lesko. Uh, the book's whatever, but the story of the book is like, whoa, right? It's this pastor in Montana, and um, 
a few days before Christmas in 2012, his five-year-old daughter had an asthma attack and didn't make it. She had asthma, and they, you know, she was on breathing stuff, and all the, you know, she had all the protocols and everything, but just this time, she didn't bounce back. And so this book is about him dealing with that process of grief and dealing with that process of brokenness, that process of that vacuum in his heart and all of this and how he found God and depended on God and all that. So, I mean, the, the, the storyline is, is, is super solid. And um, in reading this book, I found myself just crying time and time again. I mean, I didn't lose my kids. This guy lost his. But I just find myself crying because of the pain and the sorrow and the hurt and the emptiness and the vacuum and the tailspin that, that, that is a response to a situation like that. And you're left there saying, God, what the heck? Are you supposed to pray your Hail Marys at that point? Are you supposed to recite the Lord's Prayer and get you through there? Or do you have real talk with God? This guy had some real talk with God. He went and got a hotel room by himself and said he cried and screamed for like two weeks straight and just like poured out his soul and lamented to God. I was, this past week, um, you know, this past week I went to a funeral of a kid uh, who was two years old. He was born with Rett, uh, Rett syndrome, and, uh, you know, they're not expected to have a, life, a long life or whatever. But um, his older brother was in Jude's preschool class, kindergarten class, first grade class, and second grade class. So we've gotten to know them pretty well, the whole family and everything. And um, so Ashton Cass uh, lives about two, three streets over. He went to be with Jesus this week. There's, there's no words. There's nothing that can explain that away. There's nothing... The, the main form of communication between that family and God right now is probably lament, and that's okay. It's okay to bring our brokenness to God. It's okay to come to him in the middle of something that's so devastating that we don't even know how to respond or how to cope. It's okay to bring that to God. It's okay to come to him and have those conversations and just, you know, like I said, when it's verbally communicated, sometimes it's not even words. It's just moaning and growing, groaning and, and snot and saliva and tears all concocted into one. Sometimes that's it. And you can bring that to God. You can have real talk with God in those moments. It's important for us to wrap our heads around this because sometimes we can't imagine the pain and anguish and sorrow of others. And sometimes, you know, maybe it's not losing your kid. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's your work situation. Maybe it's your family situation. Maybe it's just internal situations. You know, it doesn't have to be as drastic as, as, as an extreme over here, but maybe it's something that's breaking you on the inside a little bit every single day. It's okay to bring that to God. It's okay to have real talk with God and bring those conversations to him. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you're harboring some of that pain and some of that hurt and some of that angst from the past. Maybe you've gone through something and you thought that you had to have boxed answers and boxed responses and these queued up things that you had to pray and communicate with God and you never had the opportunity to really lay it out there and, and bear your soul before God and say, dude, what is going on? I need your help. This is not right. I don't feel like this is fair and bring that to him. Maybe you've never had the freedom or the liberty to do that so you can thoroughly process this. Maybe you need to know this morning that you can real talk God. That you can real talk God. That you can come to him and you can let him have it. You can lay it out there. He can handle it. 
Maybe you need to know that this morning. Maybe you're in here today and you're in the middle of the storm. You know? Maybe every day is still a struggle for you. Maybe you're in it right now, right here, today. Maybe you've been experiencing it all week. Maybe you feel it about to burst and you're going to experience it this next week too. And maybe you're in here this morning and you need to know that you can real talk God. You need to know that you can come to him broken and unpolished and unrehearsed and you can just lay it out there. That that's okay. It's okay to have that kind of communication with God. Or maybe you're in here this morning and you just need to hear that there's a freedom in our communication. Man, some people swear in their prayers and they're not probably not going to go to hell for it. Wow. Mind explosions. Maybe you just need to experience some freedom in your communication with God. You need to understand that real talk is an option. That it's okay to bear your soul. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to question. It's okay to fear. It's okay to say, what the heck is going on here, man? That's okay. It's part of the relationship it's part of the conversation. And so maybe you're in here this morning, you just need to experience some real talk with God. You need to stop trying to be so polished and so... Uh, you just need to be like, dude, talk in your own language and say, what the heck is going on? I need some help. And so what we're going to do this morning is I wanted these guys to come up and lead us in one more song. And I want us to give it a, a, an opportunity. I want to create an atmosphere in here this morning that some of you can have real talk with God. You, I want you to have the opportunity that if you need to deal with something that's happened in the past and you haven't really truly felt like you could just let God have it, I want to give you the space and the time and the opportunity to do that. If you're going through something right now and you need to say, God, dude, dude, you know what dude means, dude, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that. If you just feel like you've never really had open, free communication with God, you've never felt like you were able to real talk with him, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And so if you need prayer this morning, if you're like, man, I want somebody to pray with me. We don't do this all the time, you know, and there's nothing hocus pocus about it. But if you want someone to pray with you, just come on up to the front up here while these guys are singing and somebody will come and pray with you. We haven't rehearsed this or planned this, but people in the room, if you know how to pray for people, let's do this, okay? Make sense? So if you want prayer this morning, you want someone to pray with you and real talk with you, Come on up. We'll pray with you. If you feel more comfortable, go back to the back. We'll do it back there. You can do it in front of everybody. But we want to give you guys an opportunity to respond to God. We want to give you an opportunity to have real talk with God. This is going to be a really, really cool series, but we're starting off with the junk first. Because sometimes you got to get the junk out of the way in order to get to the rest of it. Does that make sense? And so this morning, if you're dealing with junk, we want to give you an opportunity to do work and have real talk with God. So let's pray together, and then the band's going to lead us in a song. And if you want prayer, just kind of step out, go to the back, go to the front. We'll find you. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for your word, the honesty, the realness of your word, your raw word, where we can come to you in our brokenness and our pain and our suffering, where we can bear our souls to you. There's no formulaic response. It's just us. God, I pray this morning for those of us who've been harboring pain, harboring angst, harboring hurt and devastation. God, I pray that we would deal with it this morning. That we would leave these doors different than when we came in because we've learned that we can real talk with you and we can lay it at the foot of the cross. God, for those of us who are in the storm now, 
Lord, I stand with them. And I pray and I ask for relief. I ask for the guidance and leadership and counsel of your Holy Spirit. God, for those of us who are just now experiencing this liberation and freedom that we're allowed to talk to you like we talk to everybody else, God, I pray that we would embrace this, that we would champion this in our daily lives. But God, please meet with us now as we draw close to you. Please draw close to us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.